Welcome back to the program. We're glad to have you. Some good stuff today. Mark Schofield coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Peter Bukowski going to join us about an hour from now. Hour, hour and a half from now. Looking forward to that. And uh, good stuff today. We start, talked to a lot of brewers in the first hour of the program. Welcome to all of you uh, that are joining us on the network now in this uh, second hour of the program. Uh, the Devante, you know, it's funny because, um, and I had mentioned this going into the break, uh, the Devante Adams thing, um, now that he has been formally charged this morning in Kansas City, uh, misdemeanor assault, um, and I had mentioned, I, I'm like, I'm getting all the response, and it's almost like it's it's becoming racial. It was a white cameraman who got shoved to the ground by Devonte Adams. Therefore, it's now racial. And I had mentioned this, and I said it's disgusting. It, it's really disgusting. You're trying to make something out of more than what it is, and it's not. This was a, a pissed off football player, uh, a, a young guy, a younger kid walks in front of him carrying a bunch of equipment, and knew that the the Viking or the Vikings, the the uh, Raiders were coming through, but tried to get through. You know in that particular moment in time. He wasn't even looking up. If you look at the camera angle from behind Devontae Adams, this guy wasn't even looking up. He was looking down at the equipment, trying to keep the equipment and that big stand off the ground. And Devontae Adams shoved him to the ground. The guy had a couple of injuries, got banged up a little bit, uh, and filed filed a, a, re- a report. Okay. That's all it is. Now all of a sudden it's racial. you know. And then when I talked about suspending Draymond Green the other day, I said he's not going to get suspended. He should be, but he, he's not going to be. Now, this, 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 this is the stupidity. This is the stupidity. This is from Buck Berger, who says, yeah, I suppose you want a Draymond Green suspended. Black men in, in America cannot have success. Isn't Jordan Poole black as well? Correct me if I'm wrong. What the hell? If that's all your argument is, is based on out of the total out action, then you're, then you're reaching. You're wrong. No, I th- Draymond Green's got a history of bad behavior. I knew he wasn't going to su- get suspended. I said he should be, but I knew he wasn't going to be. You know why? Because they need him. He's a hothead. He's a baby. He's a wuss. He's a mental minuscule who's got the mentality of, if you don't give me my way, I'm going to pout and go away. So they, if they want to win a championship, they're going to need him. But they're going to need Jordan Poole as well. But Steve Kerr did exactly what I thought Steve Kerr would do. And that organization, they're going to they're find him. Keep it in-house. They're going to find him. Okay. You know, now you got to look Jordan Poole in the eye and go, ah, you know, we need Draymond Green more than we need you. You don't matter. So now you got to massage that. He's coming back to practice on Thursday. He's been fined. He's not going to be suspended. I expect him to play on Friday in our last preseason game and on opening night. Yay. Which we knew was going to happen. So who cares? Who cares? But they did it because Draymond Green is nothing more than a petulant baby who is incredibly athletic and incredibly good at basketball. And they don't want to make him mad. That's all there is to it. If he was a stand-up guy who lost his head and was a guy that could take any kind of a punishment and not walk off the court and be pissed off and say, I want to trade and everything, they'd probably suspend him because that's what it called for. That's it. Nothing more than that. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. And then, speaking of uh, anger management, Ben, did you see the uh, the picture from Wisconsin basketball? Yes, I did. There's hope I was in the world. Stunned. I was stunned. 
Could not believe it. When you've got uh, Greg Gard and the Michigan Sluggo holding each other in a nice picture, in a nice moment. That's <laughs> just Oh, it's great. I I was I was a little, you know, shocked, to be honest with you. But then again, they're trying to bury the hatchet, you know. So I'm I'm, you know, Dwan Howard. He's standing there, put his arm around Greg Gard, and they're smiling. Gard doesn't look like he's ready to flinch, like he's going to get punched in the face or anything, you know. So maybe there's hope in the world. Maybe peace, love, and harmony can befall us all, and we can all feel good about ourselves all over again. So I, I just thought that was interesting. Juwan Howard with his arm around Greg Gard. Greg Gard with his arm around Juwan Howard. Happiness. Love it. Love it. So... Anyway, that's it. Nothing more. Uh, it is going to be, I'll say this, when Michigan comes a calling, it will be a raucous crowd. You can guarantee that the Kohl Center will be, uh, hopefully the roof's coming off the joint. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Elvis says, count me in. Tom says, count me in. I posted during the break, I said, you know, uh, I saw some uh, ticket giveaways with the Milwaukee Admirals. And, uh, you know, I, I love Admirals hockey anyway. And I, I, I don't get to nearly enough games for anything, for that matter. But I, I really love going down there. And because um, it's always fun. Um, and now I've got people. I said, you know, I'd love to get like a whole section. Just get a whole section of tickets. We just take a bunch of people. We get crazy. We go wild, go nuts, have a lot of fun, you know, drink some beers, head back someplace after the fact and, and enjoy Admiral's Hockey. Got people that would say, I'm in on it. Maybe we do that. Maybe we, maybe we do that now. Maybe that's what uh, maybe that's what we uh, try to put together, Ben. Would you be down for uh, coming into Milwaukee, venturing into the city of Milwaukee for an Admirals hockey game for maybe a maybe a night that we have that we host? That's an ask, but I'm easily persuaded. I'm a gullible okay. human. Okay, there's free beer beer in it for you. That's exactly what I need to to make the <laughs> venture. Listen, I have strong right. opinions, but uh, my opinions when it comes to being convinced to do things, I, I will yes. be convinced into anything. You're kind of a go-along guy, aren't you? Yeah, I can. I, I go along. I do things. Okay. I can see you getting into trouble and being the guy standing there holding the bag of goods when everybody else that talked you into doing it ran away. Eh, my my minor anxiety plays in well there. I okay. I have avoided trouble, mostly. In Come on, life. Ben. Come on. Here, Ben, hold this. Now you are standing there going, I, I didn't, I haven't, you know, me and Brett Favre were just hanging out. I have no idea. Careful there. <laughs> I, can, I can see it happening. Ah, oh, good stuff. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, do it. Um, this one's from Keith. Keith says, uh, with the Packers practicing for the Jets, when was the last time a team in one season lost in back-to-back weeks to the Jets and the Giants? I have no idea. I have, that was a question that was posed like um, that was posed right after the game on Sunday. I think that actually came across the Bud Light live stream when we were doing the post game show. I have no idea. I haven't delved that deep down into it to be quite honest with you. But I got to imagine that Matt. Not first of all, not many teams in back to back weeks play the Jets and the Giants, so that's first. Uh, secondly, again, you got to lose both. Um, I. Great question. No idea. Now, if you lose to both the Jets and the Giants in the same season, maybe that's a little bit different. But 
in back-to-back weeks, you're really getting to a, a minuscule amount of teams that have probably ever had that on their schedule. But nope, no idea. Honestly, don't really care. I have a feeling the Packers are going to come back and get a win. They don't usually lose back-to-back games. Will they do it with a vengeance? Probably not. But I think they score 28, 27, 28. I'm going with Rodgers throwing a couple of touchdown passes. Probably going to run the ball more. Matt LaFleur tends to get away from the run, look foolish, and then go, oh, yeah, we got a run game again, and then runs, runs the football. So you're probably going to see a big dose of of A.J. Dillon and uh, uh, Aaron Jones again this week. So I think that's coming. So I, I, you're probably going to get a touchdown, maybe two out of the running game, a couple of touchdown passes out of Aaron Rodgers. You'll get a, a, a better, not not great, but a better defensive performance out of this uh, out of this group. Joe Barry uh, probably got home either late Sunday, early Monday. Uh, to a uh, a sign in his front yard that says, do you know how to be aggressive or do you know how to be proactive? And I went, oh, yeah, crap. That's right. I'm the defensive coordinator. Holy mackerel. So I'm sure he uh, he got a big dose of that. So we'll see. I think they're going to win the game. I think they're going to win the game eh, 14, 10, 14 points, something like that. I think the Packers are good to go. Ben, is that fair? Yeah. Are we good on that? I feel good. So? The Jets, like, I did say all week the Giants were fraudulent, and I still think they are. The Packers just let them off the hook. The Jets probably yep. equally as fraudulent as the Giants. Mm-hmm. Like, their big win in Miami, that was when Teddy Bridgewater went down. They're on a third string, and it was still a close game late there in the second half. So I yep. don't know what the score was, like 41 to 20 or something. They're not good. Yep. No, I agree. I also had a big story this week, Mr. Sala. Head man of the Jets was the best man at LaFleur's wedding. And I don't know yeah. what angle yeah. there is there, I, what kind of controversy we can drum up, but just going to put that out there. I don't think they're going to have dinner together the night before the game. Do you? I wouldn't I, expect that. I would assume not. Uh, as long as Salah yeah. doesn't try to go after Rodgers like Shani did, then I think we won't right. have problems, but we'll see. <laughs> right. Uh, Thomas says, I don't condone what Adams did, but anybody who has ever competed knows some things. Sometimes things can be frustrating and you let your emotions get the best of you. This was out of character for Adams, so I will not condemn him for one moment of weakness. I'm not condemning him, but (laughs) I'm also not making an excuse for it. Absolutely. I look, I've been frustrated. I think we've all been frustrated at work or in competition or whatever. I don't fling golf clubs. I don't scream at people. I don't break things. I don't throw things. That's because I have self-control. Have I wanted to? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't. There's repercussions to everything. Whether it's shoving somebody and hitting somebody or, you know, you got to pay for whatever damage it is you do. I, I just, I've never done it. Never done it. I was tempted one time back years ago to, like, whale a bat when I was playing ball. And just you just don't do it. There's certain things you just don't do. Uh, Chuck says, regarding the cameraman, it looked like he was trying to get from one side to the other of the tunnel uh, walkway and just happened to step in front of Adams as he was walking by. The cameraman uh, moves. Didn't look intentional to me because uh, of a, a problem. Doesn't look good for Adams. If you watch... And again, it's not the Zabruder film, 
But if you watch, this guy's just he's he's holding a bunch of equipment. He's got a stand. It looks like it's a light stand or some kind of a mic boom. He's holding that stand up, and it's clearly as big as he is, if not bigger. So you're trying to keep that above the ground. He's got a like a pack on his shoulder and some stuff in his hand. He's just trying to get by, and he's looking down, which I can only assume if you've ever been a grip or anything like that for anything, for television stand-up, radio stand-ups, whatever. You're just trying to get by with your equipment. And at the end of the game, you're trying to get set up for whatever post-game it is you're going to be doing on the field. And it looked like that's what he was trying to do. He was just trying to get by. And he stepped in front of Devontae. He didn't do it in person. And for those that say he jumped in the way because Devontae said he jumped in the way, he never jumped in the way. There was no jump. There was no leap. That's a lie. It's a flat-out lie. And if you're saying it, then you're unbelievably ignorant. Because just watch the video. The video doesn't lie. Videotape does not lie. He wasn't like, you know, looking around and looking out of the corner of his eye. You can't see that. The kid's looking down. Yeah, he might have looked out of the corner of his eye to go, oh, crap, here comes somebody. I got to get out of the way. But he never had the chance to. So the excuse is it's garbage. It really is. It's, it, Devontae got pissed. He shoved a guy to the ground. It's, it's that simple. He lost his temper and he shoved a guy to the ground. Nothing more. Nothing more. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please do it. Uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on many things that we've discussed so uh, so far. Um, uh, Jose says, uh, everyone, uh, a good player, not the one who wins the games, is the one who respects others, which I agree with that. Um <laughs> Complicated Phyllis says, I'm not letting my mom go to the Jets game. I don't trust Wilson. That's what we need this week. I forgot about that, Bill. Oh, my God. That's where we're going. That's where we're going with this. We're we're right in the gutter, man. We're head first, snorkel up, bring some goggles because of the crap that comes down the gutter. You know, you've got a couple of beer bottles, you've got some old newspapers, you've got some plastic bags, you don't even know what was in them, and you're swimming up the gutter and all that stuff's hitting you in the face like old refuse, and that's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we're going to go. Got to be some storylines to monitor. Right? Um, I have no idea what Lloyd's talking about, but he says the caramel apples. Really good, sweet stuff. You need good teeth to bite those apples. Oh, Stearns. Bites at the apple. Oh my God! Okay, uh, that's oh wow. Um, all right, Jose's listening to us in Mexico. By the way, Jose, you the man. Uh, what else do we? I got to scroll through this. Some people are just crazy. Um, what else do we have? <laughs> I just sometimes I go through this and I look. Uh, and David says there are people sitting in prison right now. That had a moment of weakness, it's not an excuse. Oh, I agree with that. Now, okay, if you do this, say you're, and I'm going to give you this perspective. Say you are in a company and you are a salesman or saleswoman, okay, and you leave the boardroom. You just lost the uh, a big deal. Not the deal of a lifetime. It's not like you lost the Super Bowl of deals. But you lost a big deal. Okay? And as you open the door, 
and people are coming out of this conference room. You've got board of directors in there. You've got some other salespeople in there. You've got support staff in there. Say you got 10 people coming out of the room. In the meantime, the janitor is walking by. Okay, you with me so far? And the janitor kind of sees everybody coming out of the room, and janitor has to get from one end to the next. Uh, there's been a report of, say, you know, a toilet that's leaking or constantly running at the other end of the hall. Okay? As people stream out, and they're pissed. Ah, how did we lose that? Oh, how did you lose that deal, Stephen? Yeah, oh, God. And then here comes Stephen, pissed off. He just lost a sale. He lost money, everything. And the janitor tries to scoot by. Do you think he's okay then at that point to shove the janitor to the ground? I let that marinate for a minute. Of course not. We'd all go, that's stupid. It is stupid. We give different aspects of life different precedent. An athlete coming off uh, of a field after a very physical, frustrating football game, you want to give a pass. But if that happened in your office, you'd probably have that guy in anger management. You'd probably have a lawsuit against your company. The janitor probably has him arrested. People are now being called as witnesses. The whole thing. That's the difference between athletics and real life. Devontae Adams is not going to jail. He's probably going to be fined. He's probably uh, going to end up settling out of court. This guy is going to get 50 grand or something like that or 100 grand. Um, and that'll be the end of it. But there is no real world in athletics. And I'm sorry it's the reality. There's no real world in athletics. It just doesn't jive. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, but that's it, just a reality of what it is. Hey, uh, speaking of reality, our friend Joey, Joey Albanese out there at Albanese's Roadhouse uh, on Blue Mountain Road in Waukesha next to Menards right across the street from Home Depot. Uh, they got the bocce ball leagues going on, and I know the weather's changing, but they do it all the way in the snow, man. If you're looking to have some fun, get out with some friends, enjoy some good food, some good beverages, catch a game or two, Albanese's Roadhouse, man. Joey and the, uh, and the staff out there, great people. Albanese's Roadhouse out in Waukesha. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends over at Forgotten Fire Winery. I uh, I cannot wait. I was just uh, I, I told you I was at uh, the uh, meeting uh, for Fisher House last night, and uh, one of the uh, one of the people that I'm on the board with, uh, Michelle and her husband, are heading up to um, Four Seasons Island Resort. And one of the things they asked me was, "Hey, we'd love to go over to Forgotten Fire." I said, I, "By all means, get over there." Uh, they're wine drinkers; they just enjoy that kind of stuff. And I was telling them a little bit about it. Really enthused to head over to Peshtigo and check out Forgotten Fire Winery. And hopefully, you are too. Hopefully, uh, talking about it a little bit has inspired you. But go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. See all that they have to offer. And if you see it in your local grocery stores, liquor stores, wine stores, and if you, if, great, pick it up. If you haven't seen it, ask for it by name. If you haven't seen it, ask for it by name. 
Uh, but they're just wonderful people and even better wines. So wines that have won awards and wines that are just good and fun to drink. So check out Forgotten Fire Winery. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. Um, now we got a we got a cheating scandal in, in the world of poker. Ben? Yeah, I was going to save this for a little later. Okay, here's the one thing, and we'll, we'll talk about this later, but I have to admit, I, have, I, I was reading the story a little bit. If she was, now it's between two people. One of them is Robbie Jade Lou, uh, R-O-B-B-I Jade Lou, okay? And she is a very attractive woman, but let's put it this way. In the poker hand of life, she's been dealt two really big cards. Is that a good way to put it? God. Okay. Um, and, and I could not play poker. Uh, that, that woman is, because she, she's got him like on her arm resting on the table. I would be like, look, I'm going to fold. Here's my chips. Here's here's my car keys. Uh, yeah, you just, just take it. I, I can't even concentrate at this point. Because that's the only thing you look at. Yeah, that's where the controversy a, comes in. And Yeah, as a sick male, it's, you know, it's, you know. It's there's times when Kristen gets and Kristen is is happy in many areas. Um, it, there's times she'll walk out and I'll go, look, I, I can't even leave the house at this point. Not like this. I have to go downstairs. <laughs> Just going to the bar downstairs. I can't leave the house uh, that I couldn't play poker against her. That is what we call a tease. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I saw that and I'm like, OK, when you said there's a controversy now in another world. And you said poker. I'm like, okay, there's been cheating in poker for a long time. But then you send me the picture, and I'm like, oh, good God. You know, I, all I could think of was she's got 15000 in chips that she stole between her boobs. I don't know how else to put it, you know. The the chips are rolling down the cavernous area, <laughs> hiding within the bra. If there even is a bra, I have no idea. You would, there would have to be, because otherwise she'd break the table. <sighs> I'm just taking a moment. <laughs> uh, but thank you for that, Ben. I'll, have to, I'll repost that. I'll yeah, there's some, coming up later on the program. There's some other stories I'm monitoring, but they're, they're a good 1 p.m. hour dive. Really? Okay. Yeah, good. this guy stole $20 million from uh, a very popular movie executive while he was locked in a high-level state penitentiary. Okay. Gotcha. Right, there you go. Coming up later on the program, I just tweeted it out. Now you got a link to the story. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. So, and I'll, they're going to become a part of the program eventually. But uh, yesterday, um, I had a chance to go see one of our listeners. His, his name's Corey Webster, and he is the president of the Irish Cultural Heritage Center in Milwaukee. And they want to come on. They want to do some stuff with us and, and maybe a toy drive at Christmas and everything. And I was talking to them. Beautiful old old building, an old church built, I think, in eighteen in the late 1800s. It's just this incredibly historic building. I went down there to see the whole center yesterday. And so he's telling me about the different uh, groups that they've had play there on this huge stage. They can fit five or 600 people in this church, uh, which has now been converted to this center um, for Irish heritage. And... So they've had, like, you know, the Gaelic Storm and everything have played there. I mean, these famous bands, and they have more stuff coming up. And uh, one of the things that they had or had is upstairs in this place is this huge, like, gymnasium wood-style floor. They use it for somewhat of a banquet hall, but also when they clean it out, that's where they have all of these and had a lot of these original Irish dance studios. That's where they started. 
in these places. And I couldn't help as I'm sitting there. And, and Corey's an incredible guy. And, and like I said, they're going to do some advertising with us. And they've got a lot of stuff go down there. And they do banquets and they do weddings. And so it's a great – if you're looking for – and you don't want to – you know, you can't afford to do 40000 on the lakefront or, you know, on the top of the, the steeple at Holy Hill or something. This is a great place to go. It's just a beautiful, beautiful old stoic building. But I'm up there yesterday, and he was talking about the dance groups that have started there. And I I could not help but start to giggle because of the the Irish dance controversy yeah. that we were talking about the other day. I, I would think. love to get his thoughts on what's going on in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll get him on on the program. And go, hey Corey, what are your thoughts on some of these dance studio teachers doing a throwdown? You know, uh, but it, they are great people. Uh, that uh, they they have this this Irish women's women's group that was down there. And the coolest thing about this place, it's haunted. And it's uh, some people there that, that verify this, that say, you know, hey, we've seen this in certain things and this, this apparition of this young lady, if you will. And so and then we were walking around the place. And as he was showing me through the entire facility, upstairs, downstairs, and it needs the, the pipe organ for this place is the biggest pipe organ I've ever seen, short of maybe the cathedral's overseas or the uh, large cathedral in New York. It's it's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing place. But to fix it is like a million dollars. They don't have that. They're a nonprofit. They don't have a million bucks laying around. So they, you know, they just want to do their thing and keep this place operational and open. But uh, as he's showing me around, we go to the basement. And one of the things is some of the original founders of the church, the crypt is down there. These people are still down there. And he was telling me about the history of this. And I'm like, wow, this is just so unbelievably cool. We'll talk more about that because I think they're going to come on and do some stuff with us come Christmas time and such and, and as a sponsor. But just a really cool place. Really cool place. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. So anyway, thanks to uh, thanks to Corey and the gang down at the, uh, the Irish uh, Cultural Heritage Center right there on uh, Wisconsin Avenue in downtown. But by Marquette. Just by Marquette and just uh, east of the Rave. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, we got more to get into. Uh, we are going to be uh, talking with our buddy Mark Schofield. He is going to be joining us uh, coming up next. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Social House, H-A-U-S. Some new bartenders out there as well. And uh, I saw Dan Deli yesterday. He was one of our uh, great sponsors for Fisher House, Wisconsin, who was uh, at the uh, the town hall last night. We had a great time there kind of showing everybody, uh, you know, what it is uh, Fisher House does. And Dan has been a big supporter. So thanks to Dan and the whole staff and management an ownership group over there at, uh, Fisher, at uh, Social House, H-A-U-S on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls, and uh, Dan and, and his people, just great people, great people. They just renovated over there, so stop in and support them for sure. Uh, let's do this. We bring in Mark Schofield, uh, our uh, SB Nation guy, talking some NFL. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. Great to be with you. Always excited to talk a little ball with you each week. Excited to dive in. 
So let's start with that ugly Packers game. And uh, when you look at what the Packers did or didn't do and what the Giants did do defensively against them, uh, I said, and the question was posed to me right after the game was, uh, can this, you know, this Packers offense, specifically the passing game, be fixed? And I said, no, it can't be fixed because you don't have, you know, Devontae's not walking through that door. So it can't be fixed. It can get a little better, but it can't be fixed. So the next question is, can they win that way? You know, I think that's a good way to sort of frame it. You know, when you look at, Bill, this passing game right now and what they have from a roster construction standpoint, it's going to take some time for this passing game to get to where it needs to be, and it might take longer than this season. You know, it might take a little bit longer than this season for it to truly gel the way that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur want this passing game to be. But that doesn't mean you can't win games in the NFL. That doesn't mean that you can't have some success in the passing game. It's just a matter of finding what you can sort of do conceptually in the passing game, the tweaks that you might have to make, the different things that you might have to do sort of schematically to get more production out of this offense, whether it's, you know, more the use of more play action, whether it's the use of more, you know, quick game concepts, screens, things like that, whether it's, you know, breaking some of your own tendencies because all very good coaches, all smart coaches, good offensive coaches like Matt LaFleur sometimes fall back on what's worked in the past, but sometimes that just plays into what defenses want to do because they've scouted you. They know what you want to do. They know what you want to call. They know what your go-tos are on, say, third and seven, you know, in the high red zone. And so you have to sometimes take a step back, reevaluate what it is that you've been doing and break some of your own tendencies. And so I think that's a process that's going on right now. I think that's something that they're going to have to do starting this week. So I think that they can still win games that way, but it might not be until, say, next season where this passing game really gets to where you want it to be because it's going to take some time. The uh, The offense, while it has its struggles, defensively speaking, we saw a, a lot of struggles, and I didn't really understand why for the fact that you've got, uh, you know, three out of your starting six wide receivers for the Giants, they're down. You also have their their offensive line banged up. Daniel Jones has a bad wheel. And is it just me, or did it look like uh, Joe Barry played soft? He did. I mean, you know, there's a great piece over at Acme Packing Company, our SB Nation's Packers site, talking about, you know, some of the flaws on both offense and defense right now. You're seeing a lot of soft coverage, off coverage, and New York, Brian Dable, going up against Brian Dable, you have to know that one of the things that he loves to do, dating back to his days in Buffalo with Josh Allen, is attack you with crossing routes, attack you in the middle of the field, attack you on play action using those, on rollouts using those, on straight dropbacks using those. But when you're playing off coverage, when you're playing sort of, you know, cover three, and you're given those cushions, you are given that area of the field to the offense and crossing route after crossing route was available. And so, again, it gets you to what we were sort of talking about on the offensive side of the ball is you have to do some self-scouting. You have to make some adjustments. You have to break your own tendencies. You know, sometimes you have to be able to do that on the fly in the middle of the game, in the middle of a halftime adjustment period or even into the second half. Look, we're getting lit up on these routes. We're giving them these throws. We're giving Daniel Jones the middle of the field free access to that middle of the field. We have to find a way to take that away. We have to spin to some robber looks, drop a safety down to rob those routes, to jump those routes, to take those away. Because if we're just going to give it to them and they keep taking it, well, that's not a them problem. That's an us problem. We have to figure out how to take that away. So, yeah, I think you're right. They were playing a little bit too soft. They were giving that that area of the field. 
and it was making life easy for Daniel Jones. The uh, the the secondary, I, I again playing a little bit soft. I didn't. I thought they'd pressure him more. I know that Matt Lafleur talked about exotic pressures, and I would assume when he talks exotic, you're overflowing one side of the line or the other. You're sending a corner off the edge, maybe a safety. You know, it, it's one thing to say we're going to get home with four and five guys, and maybe that extra linebacker. It's another thing when you start to really, as the cliche goes, dial things up. And we don't see that aggressively out of the Packers. Sometimes when you get a lead. You know, it, I, I see more often than not this defense kind of play back as if to say, don't let things get behind you, rather than not only stick with what got you there, but put the hammer down and try to just give the knockout blow to a team, get a couple three and outs, try to get one more or two more times for a bite at the apple for your team to score. We don't see that aggressiveness. Is, is, that's never Joe, Joe Barry's forte, right? Right. No, you're exactly right. But I'm 100% with you on that idea that – you know, the old adage, and this isn't what they were doing. They weren't in sort of prevent, but the old adage, right, at the end of the game, the only thing the prevent defense does is it prevents you from winning the game. If you're going to sort of play soft and give up sort of those cross routes like we were just talking about, you're letting them put together some drives, sustain some drives, and start finishing drives with points instead of punts. When you're up, when you have that lead, it's the opportune moment to be aggressive, to come with so, some of those exotic pressures, to show them – you know, we're going to overload to one side, but then, you know, think about what Todd Bowles did to Aaron Rodgers just a couple of weeks ago. You have this overload look, but then everybody from that side drops and you bring pressure from the other side. Maybe it's still a four or a five-man pressure scheme. It's not a zero blitz where you're just sending everybody and playing straight man coverage. You're still going to have numbers in the secondary, but you're giving them something else to think about. You're giving Dable and Jones and that offensive line one more thing to think about instead of just sort of, you know, spot dropping into cover three and say, look, we want to protect ourselves against the big play. Spot dropping into too high. We want to protect ourselves against the big play. Don't let them get back into this with one throw. What you end up doing is you let them get back into it with a couple of throws on a sustained drive. And so I'm with you. That's a prime moment to be aggressive, pick your spots, force another turnover, force a three and out, get yourself a short field and put that game away. Talking with Mark Schofield, SB Nation is where you can find him and at Mark Schofield over on, on Twitter as well. Now, do you believe the Giants are a really good four and one team, or maybe they're that paper tiger? I, I'm still, I'm still in sort of wait and see mode, but I'm leaning now towards believing into this team, and I think it starts with Brian Dable. I think he's done a lot of things this year, made a lot of decisions that you know you might not see a young head coach, first time head coach make. You have a very expensive option in Kenny Galladay, who they signed last off season. They're paying him a lot of money, and he's basically saying, look, you're not, you're not giving us what we need at the wide receiver position, so we'll play with other guys. We'll run other options out there because we need people that are going to deliver. We need people that are going to fit what we're trying to do on offense. He's you know, sticking to what's working for them right now. They have Barkley, who for the first time since apparently his rookie season is healthy again, and you're seeing some of that explosiveness, although he was limited in practice today or will be limited in practice today. So I'm trending in the direction of, um, of believing in this team because, look, you look at their resume coming in, it was a thin resume. Now you get this win over Green Bay. It looks like it's a bit more of a statement kind of win. Makes me think that maybe there's something to this team that we weren't seeing during training camp in the preseason. 
The uh, the other teams throughout the NFC, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, say the Dallas Cowboys with Cooper Rush and what they're doing, the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, we all put the Packers kind of in that mix, even the Vikings. Vikings are 4-1, and one, but they at times look like they're very vulnerable. Are the Philadelphia Eagles, in your opinion, the best team in the NFC right now, or is it really kind of a closer than e- easily to call jumble? You know, I, I think the Eagles right now are the best. You know, but certainly things can change, and we will get a much better look at this Eagles team this week. Because yes, they get Cooper Rush, and the Dallas Cowboys reports out of Dallas are that they are going to go ahead with Cooper Rush for at least one more week as Prescott comes back from his injury. But that is a defense that is playing at an extremely high level, and so the matchup this week of you know Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense against Micah Parsons, Dan Quinn, and that Dallas defense is going to be fascinating to watch because. That may determine that game, and it may ultimately determine the NFC East. So I think, yes, right now, the Eagles are the best team. But then there's that sort of cluster, like you alluded to. You know, teams like San Francisco and what they're sort of building or trying to build around Jimmy Garoppolo. Teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what they're trying to figure out. Green Bay and some of the other teams in the NFC that, you know, are sort of clustered together where you could see that they have some issues and things that they need to figure out. You know, some weaknesses on both sides of the ball in some cases. But all it takes is those sort of figuring that out as we get into November and December and start playing your best football, you know, when it starts to matter the most. And so the Eagles right now are the best team in the NFC, but there's a lot of football left to be played. Great stuff as always, Mark. I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to touch base again next week, okay? Looking forward to it, Bill. Have a great rest of the day. Take care. Absolutely. You too, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mark Schofield of SB Nation joining us for a couple of minutes. I, I am going to do this. I'm going to take a break and check real quick. Uh, we are now, at least where I live, we have been put into a tornado warning. So I am, and it's getting pretty nasty outside. If you live in the western portion of the Milwaukee County area and the eastern portion of the Waukesha County area, um, yeah, it's in the Milwaukee area right now. It's uh, it's pretty nasty. So I'm um, going to take a walk outside and see if it's as bad as they're saying. But they're, they're saying about the next eight minutes can be pretty dicey here in the area. So... I'm going to take a look and see if we're good. If I'm not, and I feel like I'm going to have to head downstairs, then I might go ahead and do so and get out of the studio and turn it over to Ben. Uh, but uh, it's it's kind of nasty in the area, and I'm getting warnings and flashes, and people are texting me and saying it's really bad out by Pewaukee Lake. And so I don't know, but uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Uh, ben, I'll let you know what's going on, and we'll come back uh, here shortly. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are preparing to host the New York Jets on Sunday. Game time at noon here at Lambeau Field. On special teams, rookie receiver Christian Watson took over for Amari Rodgers on kick returns until Watson suffered a hamstring injury during the loss to the Giants. Amari has struggled in his role as a returner. He had a fumble during a punt return on Sunday in London. Head coach Matt LaFleur. Well, Amari's got a... I told him during the game. I, I said, you have got to do a better job of taking care of the football. That's that's part of your responsibility. He does a great job fielding the punts, but I think it's just the ball carriage. And once you put that on tape, guess what? Guess when you're way. Those guys are going to be clawing at the football. You know, 
The Jets do a great job of that as well. Aaron Rodgers says he injured his thumb on the final play of the game Sunday, but says he still thinks he can throw. Rodgers was on the McAfee show saying he didn't like comments being made after the loss to the Giants that the team could also lose this week to the Jets. Uh, there was a comment made in the locker room, and anytime you know I'm speaking in, in front of the guys after a game, or I'm at the podium, uh, or I'm on this show, and same for everybody else. You know, I do my weekly on Wednesday in front of the locker room, in the locker room, everybody else has their different times who are, who are speakers we have uh, we are the mouthpieces to set the narrative for the locker room and there's an important responsibility with that because whatever i say or a coach says or a star player says is going to be echoed naturally throughout the locker room because guys are going to repeat things that they hear motifs themes whatever it might be and so I really feel like it's important that we're, we're speaking the right messages. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Good to have you. It looks like as of right now, uh, the severe weather, at least that uh, here in this area, that I'm kind of dealing with, is it's not bad here it's it's really it's really not in the waukesha area which is where i'm at but it looks like the the cell that they're telling us that uh, is tornadic is in pewaukee and the marcy area brookfield area now the brookfield area that, that's where i'm at in waukesha and brookfield and the 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 cone if you will that they use to predict where this weather may or may not go uh, covers the house here, covers the studio. So we're kind of like in the, uh, pretty much in the middle of this thing. Bill, it's all right. Go to the basement. We'll yeah. just leave the producer to die. That's we're, fine. Right? Yeah, I know, right? We are, uh, um, and the sirens are now going off like crazy in the area. So I, I don't, and again, there's, let me say this. In watching every news channel and it being on my phone and everything, there has not been a tornado sighted. It is strictly rotations in the cloud, in the clouds, as they say, that could possibly produce. So I don't want to diminish it by any stretch of the imagination because it's severe. But where I'm at right now, it's weirdly calm. Like, it's just raining straight heavy, steady, straight down. And I mean zero wind. Before, it was blowing like crazy. And I thought, oh, my goodness. This is one of those winds that, especially this time of year, where you, uh, after this thing ends, you get up and go, holy mackerel, and there's nothing left on your trees. All your trees just started to really turn red and yellow and orange. And you're like, oh, it's so nice looking on these nice sunny days. And today's the day where it's all gone. After today, it's just it's going to be pretty much pretty much done. But uh, I've been flipping through the channels, and my phone's been going crazy. I'm like, who's texting me? Because I'm not paying attention. The one thing, if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, you, you may have noticed is that it got really dark. You know, it got really dark. And so uh, I'm kind of like, man, why? You know, holy mackerel. And then my phone was buzzing. And I know Kristen is traveling today. So I thought, oh, she's probably saying, hey, how's the show? How are things going? Whatever, you know. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll look at my phone real quick. And then it's, she said, hey, you're in a tornado warning. Do you know that? You know, are you still in the studio? And then I look, and it's just emergency alert after emergency alert after emergency alert. And I carry a couple of different weather apps on my phone, so they're all going off. And I think we've all been through this at one point or another. Everybody that has a, has a cell phone now uh, in whatever ever area it is you are, if you've got your, you know, 911 capability and your GPS capability, it sends an alert out to you. But anyway, 
Uh, as of right now, all is good. Just some rain. But, uh, they're, you know, if you're in the area, just know, you know, if you're down in Genesee Depot or you're down in McGuanago, just past you, you know, County Road E in that area, um, some of these wind shears right now are, they're saying 55 to 65 miles an hour and getting stronger. So just be careful. We are going to be back. Peter Bukowski is going to be joining us this next hour. Going to talk with him. We got the poker cheating scandal coming up. Still some things to discuss regarding the Milwaukee Brewers. Matt LaFleur is going to be taking to the podium. We got a lot left. We're, we're jam-packed in the next two hours. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.